heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. My view is that the Melbourne Spring Carnival's a national institution that we all benefit from. It's not like Sydney doesn't benefit from the might of the Melbourne Spring Carnival. For more news, opinion and selections, head to rsn.net.au. Uh, it's time for RSN's racing editor, Maddie Stewart, to bring us all the news. And Maddie, yesterday you broke the news that James McDonald will be leaving Australia and spending a stint in Hong Kong and uh, that's what transpired yesterday with confirmation of that. Yeah, five week stint from, it's been reported November 23 but it's November 26 uh, and that's for a five week period, so Christmas New Year for the uh, for the for the young McDonald family over mm. in Hong Kong. Sounds like fun. Yeah, he's got romantic warrior and he'll pick up, a lot of it's to do with the Bowman injury. Um, so the period that Bowman's out, McDonald steps in, it's fair replacement, isn't it? <laughs> you could replace one with the other either way. He's got his you? ready-made Group 1 superstar there, Romantic Warrior, and it'll mean that he's got the opportunity of getting uh, a lot more rides on the international Hong Kong meeting as well. And you know what? Who, who knows? Two, three, four, five years down the track, he could well be the Zach Burton that decides to say... Um, mm. This is this is me. Well, Zach was taunting J Mac a few months back about you reckon you've got money. How about how much <laughs> I earn? Um, the other one is interesting. Is uh, Rachel King's recently married? There's a little suggestion that um, after she rides in the international meet at uh, Happy Valley before Chartin, that she might find herself in a position to be given an offer. Uh, it's just it's just a bit of a jungle drum on that, but you know she's recently married, so it might, there might be some complications there. But it'd be a phenomenal opportunity if uh, someone like Rachel King was was given the you know the golden ticket. Uh, I, th- I think they're probably off the back of Jamie Carr coming over to great fanfare last year. They'd they'd love to get a female jockey in the ranks. I think a prominent one, just cause, just to balance it out a bit because it's a very male dominated uh, mm. sphere over there. So anyway, hopefully. It's been a great year for Rachel. She's married King. to Bjorn Baker's racing manager, or is that right? Yeah, I, I know so. it's an in, it's it's yeah. a racing industry person, but I can't remember whether it was a jockey or a oh, yeah, what, what you say. So um, that opens the door up for a new jockey champion in New South Wales, doesn't it? Because James McDonald five six weeks stint in Hong Kong, he rides all the carnivals now. I mean, he's won enough premierships. It's now about Group Ones and the big stage for J Mac. So currently, he's he's five wins off the lead, which is remarkable in itself, considering how many meetings he wouldn't have ridden at in mm. New South Wales. And a jockey like Nashua Will has pretty much ridden every single meeting that he can, and he leads on twenty five. Tyler Schiller twenty four. Jason Collett twenty one. And then you got J Mac on twenty. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, they've got markets on them. I haven't had a look, but. You'd, you'd expect that um, he'd have to have a big winter where he might take time off outside of the major group ones to win the premiership again now, J-Mac. I'd say the Jason Collets and Tyler Schillers are right in it because they can ride light, reasonably light. Nashra Will is a little bit hamstrung. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be having a spec bet on it. I, I wouldn't be saying James McDonald still couldn't win it, but no. I'd be having a spec bet on a Tyler Schiller or, or a, a Jason Collett. Um I'll tell you what we should have done yesterday is just back the Mornington horses at Mornington. Uh, eight races 
You know how they always say Mornington horses at Mornington? Well, they won everything yesterday. Every Carl, race. Vodotto Beezy won the first, Rob Blacker the second, Shane Nichols, Jack Lang. We're hoping to have a chat to Jack Lang on uh, the Big V because he wasn't there yesterday. He was looking at um, what his old man described as doing something a bit sensible and that was doing a real estate course. So, um, Jack Lang. Yeah. So we might have, we're trying to get hold of young Jack, but he might even be in class at the moment. But he had a winner by Lord of the Sky um, out of a mare. That, so a winner, Robbie sired the trainer, Robbie trained the sire and the dam of the winner as well. So um, hoping to have a chat to Jack Lang this morning about what, what it, you know, like there would have been a time when a young bloke like him with a racing pedigree would have thought of nothing else other than training horses, but it's tough out there and he's... Showing a little bit of uh, lateral thinking by by trying to get something else up his sleeve. Jerome Hunter and Logan McGill won the other races yesterday. So, big day for the Mornington trainers. Um, just back to Hong Kong. Wouldn't it be a mighty effort at this stage of his career if Golden 60 could rise again and win the Golden uh, the um, Hong Kong Mile in uh, December? He had a really important barrier trial yesterday and um, Vincent Ho was quoted as saying, he's still very light on his legs, he doesn't feel like an eight-year-old, he's amazing, he feels young, competitive, and when I asked him to pick up, there is no turbo lag, it's an instant reaction. Mm. So uh, Vincent Ho basically saying, you know what, he's he's ready. Uh, the male, we've got a grab from Ben Hayes, whether he takes on Mr Brightside is still up in the air, and this is what Ben Hayes had to say about it. We're going to have our vet go over him today and we'll see how he is, give him a little trot up and um, we'll probably make this decision by um, the end of the week. But um, there's no decision yet made, I apologise. That a nice funny noise at the end wasn't a creaky leather chair. It was it was Andrew Bensley. Oh, just back to J-Mac. You know how he had a... I was a bit disappointed with my sprint. that again, Craig? Just the last bit. Just the radio, and then just the keep radio craft. We're going to have our vets go over him today and we'll see how he is, give him a little trot up and um, we'll probably make this decision by um, the end of the week. But um, there's no decision yet made, I apologise. No. <laughs> what was that sound at the end? Was what? it animal, mineral or vegetable? It <laughs> could be RSN's new secret sound. We could just play that. Clip that up any time we get It could an be the racing pulse like. opener. <laughs> um, J-Mac's disappointing spring carnival, uh, by the way. J-Mac? Him, well, what he described, you know, he had a few, uh, lamented a few lost opportunities, but he won, his mounts won $9.7 million and he took home 485000 uh with his 5%. So, uh, given he, given he didn't, didn't win the Everest or the Melbourne Cup. Derby, <laughs> Oaks. Champions uh, mm. stakes, so I don't know. Oh no, but he 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 actually was bemoaning that he had a few missed opportunities. Well, the fact so. he had eight seconds, I think, mm. during Melbourne Cup week, he's a um, a ruthless professional that would have been frustrated by that, considering most of the horses he rode were favourite or second favourite. So four hundred eighty-five grand for a week's work. His last six winners, by the way, Group One winners were the Sydney Stakes IME, or the significant winners, King Charles Fangirl, Gold Cup Mooney Valley Cleveland, Cox Plate Romantic Warrior, Derby Riff Rocket and VRC Oaks Zardozzi. So if that's a room for improvement carnival, I don't know what, you know, by his standards. Interesting news, which is bubbling away in New South Wales, and we can delve deeper into this tomorrow because I haven't uh, been able to get hold of the entire article. It's one behind a Sydney Morning Herald paywall, but huge 
um, movement behind the scenes with the, the rich and powerful in Racing New South Wales to try and extend the chairman, Russell Balding's tenure um, out to 14 years. It had been previously extended, I think, Originally, 10 was the maximum, and they extended it again. So it can only be extended by, I think, the Premier or the Racing Minister, and there's a huge push from um, pro-balding mm. supporters to lobby the government to basically rewrite the rules um, of governance to allow Russell Balding to continue as the chairman of Racing New South Wales. And there are others who are saying, well, why are we changing yeah. the law? here. Well, exactly. And what, what's the, I think the rules of chairmanship here, I'm thinking of Amanda Elliott and so on, I think it's four years. Isn't that your tenure here? Say if you're the VRC chairman, I'm not sure what race in Victoria is, whether there's a, a seal, there's got to be a sensible ceiling on it. Otherwise it becomes like a, a kingdom or something, doesn't it? You know, so I would say for, if you're to, to grant through like unusual circumstances an extension to Russell Balding's uh, tenure as chairman, you would have to say that he's been so wildly successful that they can't afford to lose him and the momentum that he's created. And I haven't seen his CV of performance as chairman. I'm not, I'd like to see what they claim that Russell Balding has achieved that, that warrants them desperately wanting to continue on. So anyway, that's their business up in the um, Sin City. So we'll see what happens there. Um, speaking of Sin City, Tyler Schiller. Um, remember the um, Amelia's Jewel incident in the Golden Eagle where she was knocked out of contention? Tyler Schiller actually won his appeal um, uh, over, over his careless riding ban in that race. He He's actually now able to ride Cole Crusher in the Hunter on Saturday. Um, he rode straight acer in the Golden Eagle in which... Uh, uh, Amelia's jewel was smacked over or knocked over, but he was a victim. Of, the appeals panel found he was a victim of circumstances when Straight Aces stripped it in, shifted in abruptly and caused a domino reaction to runners. So there's one or two during the spring carnival here where it was argued that how could the jockey have possibly reacted in. There was one in the Caulfield Cup or Caulfield Guineas as well that was a similar where the jockey said, Well, what am I supposed to do? The horses just duck sideways as I took corrective measures. What was the one that. Gained a lot of discussion about whether the jockey in the Caulfield Guineas was it Mark Ben Mellum was it Mellum yeah it was with Mellum the, with it the photographer Mellum. absolutely yeah with the uh, the mystery photographer so bottom line is Tyler Schiller won his appeal and he can ride in the uh, what's that race called the Hunter on Saturday um, Joe Pride's always bullish about his sprinters I remember when he had um, Rain Affair. Uh, he, and she, Raina Fair came down to take on Black Caviar at the peak of her powers, and Joe Pride's going, oh, look out, the big boy's in town, and Black Caviar towered her up. Well, didn't he uh, anoint Terra Vista? Uh, the, the world's champion? The What was it? The W... Um, world, WBS, the world's best sprinter. Yeah, I think he WBS'd him. Um, but I like it. That's good. Yeah. And now he's questioning Talk it up. Imperatures as the WS, BS, saying that he reckons he's absolutely sure that Think About It would have had her measure had they clashed in the Everest. Uh, he's not denigrating the achievements of Imperatures, but he said, I think we got denied a really good clash in the Everest. He told Racenet, I don't think he was going to be beaten in the Everest. That was his race. I truly would believe he would have beaten her. When Imperatures won the other day, she beat the same kind of horses that Think About It has been beating. She wasn't any more impressive than he was beating the same horses. And what I would say is bring on the autumn and let's put the uh, uh, let the horses do the talking. Yeah, but, and that's what I love. Like if... If he wants to bring, um, think it over down to Melbourne for a lightning or, or 
the new market maybe the weights will be an issue there or or they meet in the TJ in Sydney or whatever. It it builds the the clash. It builds it up. And all this parochialism about um, oh gee, you know, if you didn't run in the Everest, you you know what 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 were you thinking? You're mad and all that. Well. We would say to Joe Pride, we think about it, um, the Black Caviar Lightning is the star entree to the autumn of sprints. It's been around a long time. It's the race that all the sprinters should be running in. Now it's up to you to whack your horse on a float and bring it down to Flemington and run in the Black Caviar Lightning against Imperatriz and I Wish I Win. So if everyone was jumping up and down in Sydney about, oh, gee, how pathetic Imperatriz not running in the Everest, well, let's see them all running down here in the, in the Lightning. Yeah, yeah well, this is the, the one thing that annoys me the most about um, the proliferation of these good races in Sydney. I think it's great to have good races and it's great to have good prize money, but what it's not good at doing is seeing the best take on the best because it's diluting the product. Yeah. There are only so many good horses. And, I mean, if I, you know, touch wood, if, if I owned a horse that could win three, four, five million dollars by not taking on the best, you're going to go where the money is, aren't you? It's different with a mare too. Like her real value is for the rest of her breeding life and her breeding life. It's not really about what she's got in the bank for David Ellis and that. It's about what the pedigree page looks well, like. He when summed she... it up when mm. we spoke to him on Monday. He said, I go for group one racing. Group one racing is what drives me. Yep, absolutely. Michael Rod's taken a really careful approach to the you know in a media sense to his comeback um he was always very media friendly and, and very up and honest but he, he's done a story with race Set and he's basically told us look you know what i want to control the way i do things this time around and i'm he just wants to be at, at peace he's done one story he doesn't want to get on the radio and talk about the how difficult this comeback's been he he had his first winner the other day up in brisbane after such a long time out with the the effects of concussion and a race fall but he has made some interesting comments in that story about you know what it's been like and i'll just read a few of them out when my accident happened i was getting symptoms all the time rod said hanging out the washing vacuuming the floor riding my bike i'd feel ill and these symptoms almost became normal um and there was a doctor called brett jaros who has been really uh, helpful. He's been renowned with AFL players, surface cricketers, and has helped. Um, and of Dr. Jarrow's, Michael Rod said, as with many chronic injuries, my the L. Oh, Jesus. L. Should you have read this before you? Well, went but can on you air? pronounce it? Amidgala. Amid well, even tried to read it. Becomes overreactive after a concussion. A M Y G D A L A. Amidgala. Time stories would have been interesting with your kids. I made them up as I went. Became overreacted after a concussion, which intensifies the symptoms associated with the concussion. He said, because the symptoms became expected in my brain, concussion rehabilitation includes both physical activities to fix the damaged neural pathways and also brain retaining to reduce my constant focus on the symptoms. Anyway, he said, basically, it's been a very complicated protest, uh, pro uh, process. Um, amaglada, it is. It's a, that's a medical term. Uh Anyway, he, he did go into great detail in that story. You can read it online if you want to read more context about it. End of it. the story is it's just good to see him back. Uh, and by the way, Matt's father was a doctor too. Hard to believe, but he was. Um, I got an interesting text message while we've been on air from uh, Anthony Mithen, who has that very nice horse, Schwartz, that one yep. at Flemington over the week. Just in relation to what we're talking about, Reed, the Everest and 
trainer's not going there or staying down in Melbourne. He's broken it down for us because Mitho knows this stuff. Um, Everest winner gets seven million. Less fifteen percent for trainer and jockey equals five point nine five million. Deal with the slot holder guest at fifty fifty. Horse owner gets two point nine seven five million. Winner of the big three sprints in Melbourne, which is what Imperatrice did. Moya winner four fifty k. Manicato winner one point two million. Champion sprint winner one point eight. Uh, totals three point four five million. Less fifteen percent for trainer jockey equals two point nine three two million. So there's a differential of. $50,000 or $40,000, um, but you win three Group 1 races in Melbourne compared to the one race in the Everest. I so guess the Ev- just broken it down for yep. us. Good on you, Mitho. I guess the difference is, in the case of the Everest, you only have to win one race to get it. Down here, you've got to win three. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, there's an interesting situation in, Sid- uh, in uh, the UK about... Um, Trainers being absolutely driven mad and harassed and threatened by a mystery caller, and they're trying to crack down on it. The reason why it's interesting, I'm trying to plough through the story to work out how easily accessible the phone numbers of trainers are over there, because there's always been controversy here. You can get them easy here. Well, every trainer puts them on their website, um, and and in the trainer's book. And in the calendar, yeah. So, And they were going to have them removed from the calendar at one stage because trainers were getting harassed here, but they're still there. I remember when... uh, uh, Slattery was involved in the production of the race books and that it beca- uh, and the calendar it became a really big issue about the trainers were jumping up and down about how easily people were threatening them on the phone. But this is the story from the UK. Police have been asked to investigate a series of menacing phone calls made to at least nine trainers on Friday in which an individual threatened to do them serious harm uh, and it goes on and on and on and he was going to chuck a corrosive substance at them. So it's put a bit of a scare through the trainers, but it'll it's be un- interesting. unusual because these days that would normally occur via social media. No, exactly. So it's a bit old school. So the person's probably over 50. Um, anyway, that was just a little tidbit from there. Sean Keogh, the, the Irishman who looks like a kickboxer, he's moving on from Godolphin and he's going to start a new role at Coolmore. Uh, this is off the back of Vin Cox moving on from Godolphin two or three months ago as well. So... A little bit of movement at the Godolphin side of things. And there was a really good story yesterday that came out of uh, New Zealand with the New Zealand Trotting Cup, which is actually a pacing cup. They just call it trotting because that's the turn of phrase. Um, A young guy called Cam Hart was the driver. Um, The Aussies beat the Kiwis. The Aussies beat the Kiwis for the first time in a long time. And here's a replay of the Aussies beating the Kiwis in the New Zealand pacing. Swayze shaking up a length and a half to Akuda trying to go with him. Then beats ball and he's a sport. Swayze finding a length on Akuda who's coming. Then beats ball. Swayze still in front. Akuda can't reach him. Then came beats ball. But it's Swayze for the Riverina boys. An Australian hero. Swayze won the New Zealand. Yeah, I can't believe it's happened, you know. Um, had full faith in the horse, but you still got to have a little bit of luck. And, you know, I was able to get him away safe, and he did the rest. He's just, he's an absolute powerhouse of a horse. He makes me look good. I've just got to point him in the right direction. Biggest race meeting in New Zealand of any code. Possibly the Karakameans is catching up, but they had to put a ceiling on the crowd at 15,000 because they didn't have enough people to look after them. Yeah, we had Mick Gearan on yesterday, um, which was live during the meeting, and um, he tipped a few winners too to the RS listeners. So 36 years, I think it's been, since an Australian went over there and won the New Zealand uh, Trotting Cup. And Steve Hart, um, uh, Cam Hart, sorry, is 
only 24 years of age. He's mm. an absolute superstar. So um, I was watching the races yesterday, and the atmosphere sucks you in to these big races. Pretty intimate. It was really, yeah. really enjoyable to see it. So that augurs well for the uh, Australian v New Zealand. Hopefully we'll get to see a bit more of that coming up because there's some big harness racing over the next few weeks and months in Melbourne as well. So well, the Inter-Dominion's on November 16, the same night as the... Oh, no, December 16, the, 16, the same night as the Phoenix. It's interesting that um, Phoenix is on .com, but Inter-Dominion, from what I understand, isn't this year. It was last year. So something had to give with them both on the same night. Well... I would have thought you could have done a dual... Yeah, absolutely. It might have been from a technical point of view with different locations and the cameras and the cost. I'm not too sure. Um, final fields will be out a little later, Matty, but... Um, I'm I'm looking forward to this new thousand, uh, the Caulfield thousand race days they're now calling it with the blue sapphire, the thousand guineas, and also the uh, Rupert Clark plus the Country Cup final. I think it overall it's it's looking like it could be a very mm. positive Saturday. Yep, weather's going to be good still. They can use Sir Rupert Clark as a bounce into winter bottoms and and so on. So it actually. Probably makes life a bit easier in a way for some trainers who are wanting to f- f- fill the gap between you know our our carnival and their carnival. So I'm f- fascinated to know, uh, interested to know, uh, Ree, um, Mr. Brightside too. Be good to see something up against Golden Sixty, wouldn't it? Like a Mr. Brightside. So hopefully the Hayes boys. Well, hopefully they obviously they're going to do what's best for the horse, but it'd be nice if everything's good and we can have a exquisite Brightside in Hong Kong. And we we'll, we can discuss this. Um Although, you're off tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we can discuss it in your absence because you're going to be um, at a briefing a little later yep. today which will reveal all of the, the details um, over Cup Week, yep. um, which I, I think is a good thing. The race in Victoria is open, transparent. Um, turnover figures, the crowds, the um, starter percentage numbers. So they're tracking everything very closely yep. during the Spring Carnival with the the change in certain dates to see what the trends are. So Cup Week, the biggest week of racing, would be interesting to see what the actual figures are. I would have thought they probably would have held it over by a week to factor in the new thing they've brought in, Caulfield. So if they're going to get a whole sweeping overview of the carnival, maybe it's a Cup Week review, I'm not sure, but I would have thought if it's a review of the entire Spring Carnival, you may as well factor in the, the thing you put on the end of it. But well, well, I think they'll do that yeah. again at the end, but I think this will be focusing on what the Cup Week figures were. So. will be interesting. It will be interesting. All right. What's right coming on. up on the, the Big V? Well, we're hoping to talk to Jack Lang about his real estate course. Um, do you know who we need to have a chat to, whether it's on the Big V or um, I get him on after the the busyness of the Spring Carnival, is Stephen Baster because yep. yeah, multiple Group 1 winning jockey who is now... The king of the peninsula. He sold um, a $30 million house or $20 million absolutely house. Absolutely. The go-to um, holiday house, um, peninsula lifestyle living real estate agent. No, no. And I bet you I didn't knock back his membership at uh, Portsea either, old Basta. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Simon Wilde's going to join us as well. We're going to look ahead to... Um, We'll touch on Dunkeld, which is a fascinating. So we're trying to get hold of the the bloke who runs the or the woman who runs the the famous Royal Mail Hotel in Dunkeld, just to see what this swarm of uh, people coming into. You won't get a, you won't get a room. No, I know, but it's not even a town, really, Dunkeld. It's seriously just a pub and a corner. Have you shop. done the cup? No, it's a it's on the list, but I I just I've never been. I'd love to. You know, they bring everything in. There's no there's no infrastructure. 
Um, so we're going to try and have a chat to the the publican of the Royal Mail Hotel just to see how crazy the place becomes for 48 hours and then everyone disperses. So we'll, I tried to ring earlier, but then I realised that pub hours aren't really at quarter to seven in the morning. Uh, they're not really your There hours. used to be one in the oh, city no. where all the, the um, overnight workers used to go and they'd be all Schindler's at seven o'clock in the morning. That there was early a, openers. Yeah, yeah, the early opener pub. You didn't want to sort of accidentally stumble in there by mistake. Uh, Matty, Good look on forward you. to the big V. Rightio. Uh, RSN's <laughs> racing editor Matty Stewart, who just kicked the chair away. Uh, we'll take a break.